this is Israel Cleon Andre McLeod, your Lord and Savior, your King of Kings. There is um something awesome that has that has happened. The greatest thing that has happened. Again, he who is speaking unto you is the for kingship that has now come in the earth far greater than anything before <clears throat> there is a brand new beginning a brand new heaven a brand new earth there's a new earth and a new heaven under the leadership of him who is seated upon the throne he is your lord and savior open up your hearts to receive him as your lord and savior even your mind Let him rule your life, and your life shall be better. The time has come for us to understand and to acknowledge and to move on from what currently has held them back. God has moved on, and as God has moved on, so shall we move on with him, that he may lead us into victory that he may end our suffering. God does not move on and not end our suffering. He moves on so that our suffering may come to an end. And on all forms of suffering comes from sin. When God moves on, he ends sin. That suffering may not live with us anymore. So let us move on into this great new beginning let us agree with God and not disagree with him that you may not be hindered from your blessing and from the grace of God that has been released to you that you have not obtained fully yet let us agree with him let us stand with him and let us support him in all that he does for this shall make the earth and the kingdom better and we are about better we are not about worse we are about better to, to obtain better and to live in a better kingdom so let us continue to serve and support and give him the honor and love that we need in order for us to move on in life Unforgiveness is the catalyst of causing those who have not moved on from moving on. Let the unforgiveness that has held you back be removed that you may move on in such a time as this. Okay? So we receive your honor and your support in this brand new beginning. Welcome to the, to the new um, outlook, the new beginning. You can um, send your love and support to paypal.me forward slash kingdom ministry international. Or you could uh, go to paypal.me forward slash reign of Cleon. Or you could cash at cash cash.me forward slash the reign of Cleon. Or you could Venmo me. Show your love and support for this brand new beginning. 
it will bless your life seven times more shall it be to you as you have sowed into such okay love you guys have a wonderful day Greetings, this is Izzo Cleon on Jimmy Cloud. I want to talk about love today. Um, I've been witnessing some things across this kingdom called planet Earth. And I've been observing and watching and monitoring. But there has been a lack of love in many places. Love is God. God is defined as love. God is defined as unconditional agape love. Love is what will never fail. Love suffers all things. Love believes in all things. Love hopes in all things. Loves, love endures. So, love is patient and love is kind. It doesn't boast. So when I'm looking at the definition of love, who is God? and the actual definition of it according to his word I pay attention to the characteristics and the the actual mannerisms of the people according to the perfect definition and after I have witnessed and observed and monitored I say what is going on here why has there been a lack of love why has there been a lack of enthusiasm to obtain love from God, right, in, in certain areas? And I've come to this conclusion after monitoring and observing life situations that has been tossed to them, has caused them to fall out of love. So their situations and their problems has caused them not to love anymore. That instead of becoming unselfish, they have become selfish. Love is not selfish. It is not defined as selfish. Love means unselfishness. Um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind with all your body and with all your with your spirit that has defined one thing if you are to love God at that level with your heart mind and soul and body well then guess what you have given up to him and he shall be the one to lead you to love means to open up your heart and mind to love means to give to love means to share Right? To love means to have um, unselfishness and kindness and patience towards another, a thing, a people, an organization, or whatsoever it is that you are sharing the love to. Love will never fail, but if you take love away, it will fail. If we do not get back to love, 
then we'll, we'll be in darkness. Love is the key to end darkness. For God says he will bless the kind-hearted. Yes, he did. He said he will bless the kind-hearted. And because of such, kindness is also the sub-definition of love. You cannot be kind without love. So God said he will bless the kind-hearted. When you are kind to your neighbor, he shall bless you. Love is the key for light. Light is defined as love. Love is defined as light. When you love, you have light. God is light. Love is defined as God, and God is defined as love, which equals light. You cannot love and not have light. Therefore, light is the end of darkness, but darkness shall not prevail over light. What has failed or died in your life has no love anymore. I will say again, what has failed or died in your life has no no love anymore. Love is what never fails. Therefore, what has failed has not love anymore. So let us um, have this understanding to, to, to love and to give and to be kind and hospitable that your God may bless you for what you have done and for your love. He or she who sows into love shall receive love again. And that is the word of the Lord. You guys have a wonderful day. This is Israel Cleon Andre McLeod signing out. This is Okleon Andre McLeod. <clears throat> I want to do a little um, short session on agreement, the power of agreement. Um, agreement is the, um, the key factor in any business or getting any job done or any assignment done with any party or person or personnel or any individual. If there's no agreement between you and your business partner, uh, your spouse, your friend, your family, your your co-workers, your boss, your CEO, uh, whoever it is that you're partnering with, if the agreement between you and them is not sealed together, whereas you both agree on the same thing, there can be a conflict of interest conflict of interest causes business not to be successful, productive, or even life-changing. Spouses who do do not agree on the same thing are not on the same page. They're not seeing the same thing. They're not going the same direction. They're going two separate directions. Businesses who have business partners, if they have business partners who do not see the vision of the business, or don't support the vision of the business, then they're not uh, in agreement there, and that is a conflict of interest. 
So there's a lack of support for the vision of the business. In ministry, the same thing. When we have the uh, vision of the ministry. If the minister, the lead minister who has the vision of the ministry and his um, and the staffs of the ministry are not in agreement with what God has said or, or the vision that, that God has said, that means there's a conflict of interest, a disagreement. The main purpose of this short session is that disagreements, which is a lack of agreement, is your hindrance for the full grace and blessing. So, it is imperative and important to be in agreement with your spouse, with your business partner, with your ministry partners, with your friends who you are with, or as they may have conflict of interest. And conflict of interest can start from different dimensions of, of opposition. Dimensions of opposition is the levels of op- opposition, whereas the individual could be opposive or it could be not for you. So the power of agreement. The next thing is agreeing with God. Whatsoever God has created you, gifted you, talented you, and chosen you to do, that is what you agree with God for. Do not allow yourself to be in disagreement with God and cause your life to be in shambles. Anyone who agrees with God in accordance to what He has created them for, their spouse for, their friend for, their organization for, right? Or whoever or whatsoever you are agreed for, when you come into agreement with God, you're not in disobedience. You are in obedience. And when you are in obedience, you are in the will of the Father and you are abiding. To abide and to be in His will is to be in protection. To be secure in God that nothing may come to your path to hinder your steps for going greater and to greater levels. So agreement is is very important. Let us not forget to be in agreement with what God has said and what God has said for you. Yes, yes guys. Let us not forget to agree with God with what he said for you. For that is where the blessing is. If you are coming into disagreement with God, you hinder your blessing. Don't disagree with God. Agree. Right? And that is the short session of agreement. Alright guys, you have a wonderful day. I will talk to you later. Have a good day. Bye now. Greetings, greetings, greetings. This is ICAM. It's Oklahoma and Andrew McLeod. Welcome back to my podcast. And today I will be talking about self. God is not a God that is unselfish. Not not selfish. He is an unselfish God. Unselfishness means to uh, be kind, tender, loving, and kind-hearted. To be given. To think of oneself, but not to put oneself before his or her God. Unselfishness is the key 
to end in pride as well. Pride leads to destruction, but unselfishness is the cancelization of pride, whereas destruction cannot take place. The works of the flesh, part one of the um, definitions of the works of the flesh, and I'm going to give you a backtrack. For those who are led by the Spirit of God is no longer under the law. I'm going to say it again. For those who are led by the Spirit of God is no longer under the law, but they are under grace. The works of the flesh is selfish ambition, jealousy, heresy, and much more. But I had to highlight those three. Selfishness is not of God. Selfishness is of self. It is a devil. Those who are led by the Spirit are not selfish. This is why they are no longer under the law. The law was not created for the righteous. It was created for the unrighteous to govern them according to their deeds and their acts. The law is created to bring order to those who are unrighteous and wicked in the kingdom. Those who are led by the Spirit are no longer under the law. Galatians chapter 5 verse 21 uh, to 23 said, For those who are led, um, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, patience, long-suffering, self-control, goodness. Right? And against such, there is no law. Selfishness is not of God. Self-inflicted curse is not of God. Anything that has to do with self has to do with without surrenderance. They didn't put the white flag up. They kept to themselves to be selfish. So they did not surrender. When you surrender, you're unselfish. When you don't surrender, you're selfish. God says he doesn't want 50. He doesn't want 40. He doesn't want 60. He doesn't want 70. He wants 100%. So their selfishness has been the characteristics and the attributes of their behavior. And that is the cause of their downfall, is their selfishness. Unselfishness is where the blessing is. It may appear that selfishness is a blessing because of the gaining, but really true blessings is not there. Unselfishness is what God teaches. Unselfishness is what God reveals and the characteristics of God is unselfishness. This is where kind, um, love, joy, and all different attributes of the Spirit of God, of the fruits of the Spirit, is flourishing from, which is unselfishness. Selfishness is a curse, and that must be broken by the power of God through His anointing and by His spoken word, which is the truth that delivers the individual from the captivity of their selfishness. They're in captivity of their own self. 
and this is why they continue to suffer according to their own self. Anytime self was to be the influence, it will contaminate and taint those who they are leading because they will become the same thing as the leader is. If you were to highlight self in success, there's only one thing that's going to happen. There will be a mirror image to those who look up to the individual. And when there is a mirror image of those who look up to the individual who highlight self, they too shall become self fish. So this is why it's very important to be very careful of how your influences and your characteristics of because they will point the finger and say who is my influence and if their influence does not re reflect positivity and inspiration then guess what happens then the blame goes upon who they're following alright stay tuned for my next podcast this is Iso Cleon Andre McLeod signing out Greetings, greetings. This is uh, Izzo Cleon, Andre McLeod. Welcome back to my next session of my um, podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you, thank you for listening. <clears throat> thank you for uh, hearing the untimed prophetic word, the prophecy. Thank you for hearing God's on untimed reamer prophetic word that you've been listening to. And in this session, I shall continue. We're going to talk about stubbornness today. Stubbornness. The um, stubbornness, the def definition of stubbornness is to have someone else, to have something else, to have replaced the first with the second. And you are stubborn towards the first with the second. Stubbornness is the sin of idolatry. Stubbornness is classified as idolatry. Whereas you serve an idol. More than you serve the one who created you. Now, in the, in the times of King Saul, when he, when, um, he was anointed um, to be king of Israel, God rejected him as king. Because of his disobedience, and in the book of Samuel, first chapter, uh, Samuel one verse, uh, chapter fifteen, verse twenty-one or twenty-three or so, it says that uh, woe to the rebel. No, not woe to the rebels, but stubbornness is the sin of idolatry. Rebellion, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, because you rejected the word of God. God says He will reject you as king. See. King Saul was stubborn. He didn't listen. The prophet Samuel, who had the mantle on his life, told him exactly what the Lord expected of him to do. And it was to kill them all that um, was hurting the Israelites, the Jebusites, the Amalekites, and all these kind of different guys. But he'd spared the food, and I think the king was spared as well. And Samuel was very angry. <clears throat> because the king didn't obey God's 
command and orders. God himself was grieved that he put King Saul as a king. And this beginning of this uh, stubbornness, or should I say this uh, definition of stubbornness, it stemmed from the same disobedience that King Saul had. It's imperative to obey God and his command. <coughs> Excuse me. That, um, that you may flourish in whatever position he has put you in. Disobedience in any position will hinder your progress, your influence, your prosperity, your progress, and your, um, your um, flow, I should say, yes, in your position. Stubbornness is, um, is a thing that cuts short <clears throat> the power of God as well. When you're stubborn, you don't increase in the grace of God. Pride leads to stubbornness as well, which is death. You cannot serve an idol and expect to live, guys. This is a spiritual understanding. Idols does not awaken the temple to live. Idols does not bring revival to the human temple. Idols do not bring revival to the kingdom or to whatever state that is serving an idol. See, idol is what causes people to become stubborn. Because they have someone else, they become stubborn. Because they choose something else, they become stubborn. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I'm going to say it again. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. To be willing and obedient obedient means to be vulnerable, gullible, surrendered. Prosperity is a result of obedience. It's not a result of disobedience. Disobedience leads to stubbornness. Rebellion leads to stubbornness. There is no prosperity in stubbornness. God doesn't prosper what is stubborn. He prospers what is obedient. So stubbornness has been the issue of many situations that you've been witnessing across certain areas people. God said, I already given them the go. I've already told them what to do. I've already instructed them, but they didn't listen to me. Rebellion leads to stubbornness. Disobedience leads to stubbornness. Impure worship leads to stubbornness. Pure worship is the end of stubbornness and destruction. So, When a person is stubborn, when a people is stubborn, when a kingdom is stubborn, they have become hardened. In the book of Ezekiel said, I will give them a new heart and I will put them, put my spirit inside of their heart and they shall have a new heart of flesh. 
when a person's temple has become stubborn, guys, it is the issues of the heart. Now there's more deeper understanding, but I'm revealing that one for now. A stony heart is a stubborn temple. They only react what's within. In order for, for, for um, humans to be changed externally, they must be changed internally. This is why they need the inner man to help them change internally. Whereas the spirit enters the heart and mind to change them, to soften them, to humble them, to revive them. Now, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about the deeper understanding, but I'm going to give you a hint. The brain, when the brain on the right side of the brain has become desensitized, there's a part on the right side of the brain. <clears throat> when that sensitivity area has died, there is a numbness that the temple develops, which develops into um, <clears throat> a hardened heart. Or should I say stubbornness. The brain that's inside the human body is to be protected as well. Right? In submission to the creator. There is supposed to be a hedge of protection over the brain. Protect the brain. The longevity of the brain and its um, functionality. When people are not functioning correctly, their brain is also under attack. For not being in submission to the creator. When the right side of the brain. Where the sensitivity comes from. Is, has been um, damaged due to unsubmissiveness. It causes the human temple to be insensitive as well. Whereas it develops a stubbornness. It, it develops a hardiness. Where they cannot sense things. As they used to sense it. In a high rate before. This is all due to one thing. I know this sounds like science, but this is also spiritual people. When the human temple does not fully submit to his creator or her creator, they are not fully operable to their full state. When they come back in submission, they begin to fully function at a high rate. This is what we call um, order. Disorder causes dysfunctionality. This is why they're not functioning or operating right. When your temple submits to the Creator, you speak only for Him. When it's not submitted to Him, guess who you speak for? Whomsoever you submit to, that is who you look up to, that is whom you speak for. So, <clears throat> to close off with this topic of stubbornness, there is <clears throat> there is no reward for stubbornness. The reward is only for the obedient, not for the stubborn. God does not reward anybody with stubbornness or does not reward a person who has become stubborn against him with any reward. It is only for those who are willing and obedient. And this is derived from rebellion and disobedience. And that is the prophetic word for my camp. Okay, thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a good day, guys.
Greetings, greetings. This is ICAM. Uh, welcome back to the next segment episode of uh, my podcast. Um, I've been thinking about um, the grace of God. What does it mean? What does it um, entail? What does it? Uh, what does it do? What does it um, incorporate? What does it bring? What does it? Uh, what does it uh, favor? What does it enhance? In after overseeing and looking and paying attention to the positivity of it, the grace of God is is His favor and His assistance. Grace is um, defined as um, help, your present help, your your way out, your deliverance. Grace is defined as um, God's hand getting involved to bring to pass His will in your life. If it's by grace, then it's not of works. That's grace is not of grace, but works. But if it's by grace, then it's. But if it's by works, then it's not of grace. You understand? If you were to go in the book of Romans, chapter eleven, you'll find the definition completely of what grace means, according to works and grace. Now, the spirit of stupor. As David uh, prophesied and wrote in the book of Romans chapter 11, it's because of denying the grace of God. It's because of denying the truth. The grace of God is the truth. The grace of God is the truth that delivers you from your deception. The grace of God is there to bring favor and assistance unto you in your time of need. Whereas when you highlight the grace, you highlight God. And every idol that's in that's inside of um, your life will come to an end. It won't be highlighted. Therefore, there is no um, strife, um, malice, any um, chaos or destruction or anything of that nature in the grace of God. Because it exalts God. The exaltation of righteousness will only bring one thing. The inheritance of righteousness. When strife and malice and all of that take place, righteousness has not been exalted. It is unrighteousness that has been exalted. That's why the inheritance and the reaping of such is strife, malice. This is, this is defined as an idol. You cannot exalt an idol and expect to reap righteousness. You get the opposite. Idol represents stubbornness. There is no such thing as righteousness in stubbornness. So the grace of God, I've been I've been there looking and I've been observing what's going on. There has been a lack of the grace of God. Because of the highlight of the work. When you highlight the work more than the grace you give you give a an exaltation 
to self, to self-worth, rather than the unselfishness. When the hand of God gets intervened, you glorify God in your doing. That is the grace of God. And as you highlight and exalt God, you inherit from Him. Any chair that is established in righteousness is for life, and there's longevity there. For the righteous shall inherit the earth, for the righteous shall live long in the earth. Anyone who highlights the grace of God has an inheritance of righteousness and they're not shaken or moved by any trouble or problem which they're not even supposed to walk in because they highlight God in their their life. That is the grace of God. You cannot highlight God in your life and not partake of His grace. The reason why there's been a lack of the grace of God, God is not number one in their life. So wherever the um, inheritance of, which is the opposite of such a stupor, it's because they deny the truth, which is the grace of God. Stupor, the spirit of stupor is a curse. It is not a blessing. That inheritance comes when you highlight an idol, when you highlight an idol rather than the truth. You cannot deny the truth and expect to reap truth and blessings. It doesn't work like that. You highlight the truth and you reap the truth and you reap deliverance and you end up reaping the grace of God to help you in your belief. They are suffering because of their denial and because they have denied, there are consequences for their denial. So what Johnny is functioning more in, um, Sarah is not functioning because she didn't highlight the grace of God. Johnny highlighted the grace of God. So his functionality is a high peak rather than hers. Now, when it comes to more deeper dimension of understanding of the grace of God, there is supernatural aid that comes to the human temple to those who highlight the grace of God. But those who do not highlight, they, they don't have this kind of aid. This is what we call an open heaven. Those who live their life and have an open heaven, God communicates to them daily, supernaturally. Those who do not have the highlight of the grace of God, they walk in a closed heaven. Closed heaven people are not, how should I put it? Yes, in this manner. Heavenly wisdom is not what they're going to bear fruit of. They have earthly knowledge. And that's where they function in. And that's where they're limited in. So they're in lack of the grace of God. And you will see a form of stupor in their life. This is because of the denying of the grace of God. There is, here is, I'm going to paint another picture for you. Um, Tommy has gotten favor in his job. 
but Melanie didn't get favor. The reason why Tommy got favor is because he depended on the grace of God in his position. But she didn't depend on the grace of God. So she didn't increase the way she's supposed to increase. So we've seen here there are consequences when we don't agree with the truth. The grace of God is uh, is very is very important, and it's one of the main things that helps a person who's inoperable, right, to be operating correctly. Dysfunctional people cannot operate correctly; they are in lack of the grace of God. When they are dysfunctional, they don't function in God's unmerited favor and assistance. The lack of the grace of God is defined as dysfunctionality. They are functioning, but they're not functioning to their full state, according to God's full grace. So there is a lack there, and anytime there is a lack there, there's poverty, guys. Functionality is of God. God is a God of order. Whereas he is a God that functions correctly. And if he comes into your life, he's going to make you function correctly. That is called grace. The dysfunctionality is not of God. It's of self. That is not grace. This is why I say I, I make sure I recite the word. If it's of grace, then it's not of works. Now, let's be realistic. Faith coming by what? By hearing the word of God, right? You do not hear the word of God, right? And you depend, depend on it and you don't increase in your faith. That's what we call grace as well. The word of God is there to bless you. To train you to teach you how to prosper when you hear it you prosper in your life that is what we call grace are you guys listening I hope you're listening guys so um, grace is also prosperity now the supernatural hedge of protection provides prosperity it doesn't provide a curse or poverty anyone under the supernatural hedge of protection partakes of the grace of God which is prosperity and the presence of God the supernatural presence of God that is tangible is classified as God's grace as well now yes when Adam and Eve was in a perfect place. Perfect. Listen to what I'm saying here. They were in a perfect place. God walked in the cool of the day. That is the grace of God. When when the human temple was able to partake of the grace of God, which is his tangible presence, that is called grace. Because they were in a perfect place. 
the anointing that was there was the cool breeze anointing wheresoever the presence of God is there is the grace of God Adam and Eve partake of the grace of God but sin is what caused it to come out of the grace of God see so the grace of God is very important in our life of the individual faith without works is dead but the question is what kind of works let us not abolish works guys fully we must discern what kind of works in the grace of God we, we you cannot allow the grace of God to be there and not partake of it and do whatever God says in it now this session is not to tell you not to uh, partake of any works the question is what kind of works inside the grace of God because you cannot have faith and not apply any works faith without work is dead when you believe you do when you don't believe you don't do so there's some form of work there the question is what kind of works inside the grace of God inside God's favor and assistance to make your life better wheresoever the grace of God is lacking God is not there something else has been exalted that caused him to not be present there anymore the question is what who and how did it get there to cause God not to dwell there anymore all right I'm gonna leave that question with you guys thank you for listening to my podcast this is this okay on Andre McLeod signing out bye now Greetings, greetings. This is Izzo Cleon Andre McLeod. I would like to talk about uh, tithing, tithing um, and offering. Um, There's a request that was made from some of my folks, and I would like to um, answer the question that they have about tithing. Tithing is a choice. Offering is a choice. All things are choices. You must make a decision whether or not you want to or you want not to. But there are also consequences and outcome according to your decision and your choices. But I'm gonna talk about the tithing. The tithing is very important. When you tithe to God and give to God and you offer your offer to God, God blesses you. When you offer your time to God, God blesses you. When you offer yourself up to God God blesses you how so when you give your temple to God God fills you by his spirit right and then protects your temple you do not offer yourself up to God and he does nothing with you when you give your car to God he protects your car when you give your money to God he blesses your money when he when you when you give uh, your children to God dedicate your children to God the same thing he does he blesses your children and frames them according to his image but he also protects your children 
whatsoever you offer up to God and tithe unto God, He will bless you for your giving. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 10 says, Shall a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. To rob means to withhold, not to give. So it's really a, a thief. God said, because of such, they are cursed with a curse. And if it's tied to the nation, it will be the entire nation that will be cursed. Given to God does not curse you. It's not given to God that curses you. Remember, God is blessed. God is not cursed. When you bless God, God blesses you. When you bless God with your mouth, God blesses your mouth and your life. God says, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you cannot even that you cannot even fathom, neither contain. Some, some, sometimes you would ask, why, why, Lord, why are you so good to me? For the favor of God is so real. So real. So tithing and offering to God is key and important. But it's up to you to make a decision. It's up to you to, to choose to tithe. It's up to you to give. No one is forcing you. No one is compelling you. No one is giving, telling you have a stick behind your back saying hey if you don't I'm going to beat you every human being has the right to choose or not to choose to give to God or not but there are consequences when you don't give to him and there are blessings when you give to him so God says unto them I have given you the right to choose and the freedom to make decisions because you have seen the reward of such, make the right decision. If you shall give or you shall not give. So tithing is very important and you have the right to make that decision whether or not you choose not to tithe. The next thing is tithing into a fertile, prosperous and righteous ground. What you sow and offer into, you shall reap from as well. Anything that belongs to the Lord and you give on to that thing or to that person that belongs to the Lord, you will be blessed by who they belong to. And whoever that thing is belonging to, whoever that business has belonged to as well. So it's imperative to, to understand what you are sown into, what you are offering into, and who does it belong to apart from the human. And, and such forth. So this is a short lesson on tithing. I'm not going to stay too long, but I just want to make sure you guys understand. You do not give to God, and God does not give back to you. Give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, even into thy bosom. And whatsoever measure you use, the same will be measured back to you. Right? Whatever you sow, you shall reap. For God cannot be mocked. Anyone who mocks God, they will reap. So this is just a small teaching of offering and tithing. I would like to for you to make a decision today. Right? This is not a compelling voice recording. This is not a force. This is for you to exercise your freedom to choose to do what is right and wrong. 
that you may be held accountable according to your own action. All right? This is Israel Cleon signing out. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. guys to Ikem's um, podcast um, I talk about family family the original families of God God created earth and he created everything in it he created um, the animals he created the sea created the trees he created the man in his image and he created the woman after the man's image and family began family was created by God and the order of family is God first then the husband then the wife Whereas the, the man who was created is to be subjected to his God. And the wife is to be subjected to her husband. In everything. Family was God's idea. Family was his doing. God is a God of family. God has his own family. Children, see, God did not create man and woman in the same way that he created the first man and the first woman. Children are created through reproduction after the act of intercourse. Children are offspring after the parents, after the seed planter, and the woman carries the seed in her womb. So, humanity and creation, such as family, continue in that process. God created Adam and Eve as adults. But he did not continue to create them in such manner. God is the origin of family. And he created man as family to him in his image. And he created woman after the man in his image. The man's image. family that is dysfunctional, disorderly, is not in order. Family that does not uh, flow in the way God desired them to flow is not in, in order. According to the order that I have just spoke about, 
the man is to be in subjection to his God. Now God created the head first. The head is the male. Then he created the female, the submissive. Now, there has been some confusion going on. People don't know who they are. They don't know what position they're in. They don't know what kind of um, um, leadership they're in. Some folks have been confused in playing the wrong roles and among positions. They want to know why they're not happy. Because it was never God's doing. God does not give to you and cause you to be unhappy. He makes you happy when he gives to you. When he gives you a job and assignment, he makes you happy. So, the confusion that's been going on is because of a lack of subjection and submissiveness. You cannot be subject to God and be in disorder. When you submit to God, you come back in order. You cannot be submitted to your husband and be in disorder. You submit to your husband and you be in order. Children cannot be submitted to the head and be in disorder. It's when they're not submitted to the head, they're in disorder. So the order of the family is the man subjects unto his God, whom is the head. Then the wife submits to her husband in everything after her God. Then the children submits to their parents, but first the head after their God. For they too need to be submitted to God first. Then the head. Then their mama. So the confusion that's been going on is a lack of submissiveness in family. This is why families are dysfunctional. Inoperable. Not working or operating to its full state. They are just living, but not fully operating. God says he's changing it. He's bringing order back to family. He's bringing the submissiveness and the subjection back to family. And some folks are asking, how is this going to take place when we have different kingdoms across this planet. God can change anything at any given time. But miracles take place in an unseen place that the naked eye cannot be seen first. Then it manifests naturally. So God is changing it in that dimension first. And when he changes the submissiveness and his subjection for the head then the natural outcome of that it shall change 
and whatsoever natural effectiveness that took place that affected them and caused them to be dysfunctional, inoperable, not fully functioning in what they have been created to function in. God said that shall change and it shall come to pass. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen so soon that you will go to bed and wake up the next morning and want to know what happened here. Something has changed. I'm not the same that I was yesterday. Something different happened overnight. Alright guys, thank you for listening to Family, this family podcast. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening guys. Bless you. Welcome back to my podcast. This is ICAM. Um, anyone who likes to support ICAM's work, his ministry, his, um, his authorship, his, um, his podcast, his writings, you can donate to kingdom uh, paypal.me forward slash kingdom ministry int, not the full international, but int, um, paypal.me forward slash reign of Cleon. Or you can go to cash that me um, forward slash the reign of Cleon. And these are the outlets publicly that has been revealed that you can support his doing, his writing, his authorship and his ministry to um, bring to pass a great cause in the earth. Okay, thank you once again for your support and for your listening ears and for your love. This is ICAM signing out. Have a wonderful day.